It's time now for Keeping It 100 with Dory. Sponsored by the Derek Olivier Institute, Keeping It Real with Dory is designed to analyze, discuss, and develop positive outcomes to help stop the violence in the community. Now, let's go to the studios. Here's our show host, Edmund Davis. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. What's the science class? Let the course begin as every episode is a semester. And thank you for tuning in to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, making history one generation at a time. We are broadcasting from Arkansas Baptist College in downtown Little Rock's historic Dunbar neighborhood. We're just three lights from the Arkansas State Capitol Building, the seat of power in the natural state. Keeping It 100 with Dory comes on every Thursday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Buffalo Radio. We are the newest HBCU radio station in the nation. We are America's only known weekly broadcast over the radio that talks about discussing and seeking solutions to black male homicides. For those who don't know, that's the number one killer for black males in this country ages 1 through 44. So again, we look at the glass half full and not half empty. And so we're going to go ahead and cut to the chase today. And uh, I've got a couple of announcements to make before we get on with our special guest. And that first announcement goes to all the wonderful entrepreneurs the educators, 
the seasoned veterans of uh, just kind of being hitting the feet to the pavement out there that were out there last week. We had a, a women's march and rally here at Arkansas Baptist College. It was led by uh, Jennifer uh, Davis, a.k.a. Coffee. Shout out to Coffee and, and her family, okay, as they uh, march forward. That uh, ensemble of display of entrepreneurship is something that we used to see 100 years ago during Black Wall Street. You know, every other day we had uh, sessions like that, whether it was on 9th Street or in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Harlem, or in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. There's about 100 or so plus Black Wall Streets all over the country uh, at one point. So again, we thank you. We hopefully and prayerfully want to see more of that, maybe a series, maybe three or four times a year at this little spot here we call Arkansas Baptist College. So again, shout outs to all the entrepreneurs over there. I want to kind of mention a couple of them. I said that I would do that. Uh, Serene Treasures and also Miosha Riddles, one of my former students. She's doing real well. Also to Tiffany Williams. We want to give you a shout out as well, okay? Now, of course, the Professor David Sess segment is uh, in relation to what's going on tonight. For those who don't know, there's a special uh, meeting that's actually taking place uh, right now. It's about the name change of a school. Of course, it's called McClellan right now, but of course, there's three people's names on the ballot for the uh, name change. One is Dr. Noah P. Crenshaw, and the other is Dr. Marion Lacey. Those two, I read their background, a new one, personally speaking. But uh, my question is, why is McClellan's name still on that ballot, even though we know some of the history that just recently came out about his background? And so again, he's done some great things, you know, not taking no credit away from him, but we can't tell part of the story, we have to tell the whole story. And the whole story is he's a segregationist. And so of course, uh, there's plenty of things that I can talk about, but I wanna give this time to my special honor guest, okay? So again, that last comment was from Ed Davis, it was not from Arkansas Baptist College, it's not from Buffalo Radio, charge me to that game right there, okay? So again, uh, quiet is kept, but we're gonna move forward because we got good news. Guess who we have in the house, folks? Drum roll, that's right. We got the living legend, Mr. Patrick Oliver in the house. Patrick Oliver is founder and literary consultant of Say Aloud Readers and Writers. He has done many things, but from a personal standpoint, uh, he's been somewhat of a mentor to me, obviously my uh, literary consultant on a number of projects. He was the person that was behind uh, the uh, book, my first book coming out. Uh, that was about 10 years ago. So again, uh, we thank God for Patrick and his family uh, moving forward. And so I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Patrick before I give an introduction to Patrick. So here we go. Patrick M. Oliver is a literary consultant and educational uh, genre, uh, guru rather, I'm sorry, author and advocate. And he's the founder of Say Aloud Readers and Writers. And of course, Oliver's professional experience includes serving as director of sales and marketing at Third World Press and program director an open book program, both in Chicago and senior subcontract administrator and systems analyst, y'all, okay, in the defense industry in Los Angeles, California. He is the creator and publisher of the Ananias Journal and, of course, on my own, the uh, Vision Board Guidebook for Young People in its fifth edition anniversary right now. And, of course, uh, we want to give you the floor right now, Mr. Oliver. How you doing, Patrick? Hey, brother, I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here uh, with you, man. I appreciate the invite. Man, it's awesome to stand here with you. I think the last time, I think the first time I interviewed somebody on the radio here in Little Rock, it was because of you. I think you, or between you and uh, Terrence Bolden, one of the two, I think invited me to come to a KABF back in 06 or 07. I can't recall which year it was, but from that experience, I thank you uh, moving forward for uh, pointing me in the right direction, for always giving me some guidance on the sideline and coaching me from, from many standpoints, not just in literary circles, but just on some man-to-man -man stuff. So I really appreciate that. 
that's what brothers do, you know. Uh, you see every brother to brother, we in this together. You know, we have similar visions, and uh, you know, in terms of, you know, promoting our, our people, our culture, you know, their preservation. So hey, that's why we connected. It, you know, it, it's bigger than just me and you. It's the universe reminding us there are others out there doing the work with us. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. So for the keeping it 100 uh, listeners that are listening now, uh, tell us two or three things that I didn't mention in your biography that uh, the listeners may uh, want to know about. Okay, you know when I thought about that question initially when I got the question <laughs> sent to me, it's like I got about five things I want to share. Okay, go a lot ahead. Of people don't know, but I don't want to share that many, of course. <laughs> but definitely, I don't think a lot of people know. Born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas, East Little Rock. Shout out. And uh, people know me from work with young people in terms of uh, literature, but I was actually a highly successful uh, Little League baseball coach, highly successful okay. uh, uh, youth basketball coach. When I was in high school, I was considered a prodigy in that area mm -hmm. because I, I coached the Little League Baseball. And our Little League Baseball team lost the city baseball title one to nothing. Can you imagine a Little League Baseball game wow. one to nothing right. for a city title? And right. we lost to another brother here. Some people know him directly from Central High School. But uh, uh, what's his name? Dunnick, Tony Dunnick. His okay. team and his younger brother was the catcher. And they beat us one to nothing. But we were... Uh, I bought a group of kids from East Little Rock. Uh, we didn't initially ha didn't have any uniforms. We, we showed up to the games in shorts and socks and whatever. Mm -hmm. But somebody felt sorry for us and made some phone calls. <laughs> and my uh, grandfather, who was actually kind of the, helped with the vision, the kind of the visionary behind the baseball team, he was mm -hmm. old school baseball. Mm -hmm. So he taught guys like Gregory Commons, Tim Scott, who mm -hmm. went on to become right. uh, a basketball player at the University of Arkansas. Tim was a hell of a pitcher. Greg Commons went on to become. Uh, the uh, 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 football player mm -hmm. at UCA. Uh, they, they went to the NAIA national mm -hmm. title game. Yep. So a lot of young people uh, from uh, that baseball team went on to uh, major uh, colleges. And they also played, the same kids who played baseball with me, mm -hmm. played on my basketball team that played the Billy Mitchell Boys Club. Dave, you may remember this, when it was downtown. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't get, it was downtown and we I used to, catch the bus with six or seven kids. Mm -hmm. It's actually about eight of them. Right. We used to catch the bus from East End Housing Project mm -hmm. to downtown and play in that basketball league. And they <laughs> took that, that title from me because I was a high schooler. And the best player on my team was Gregory, uh, Greg Cummins. He was a, uh, I guess he went, to, he went to UCA, was a quarterback uh, on, okay. that, on, that, on, on that team that went to the national uh, championship game. Uh, he also quarterbacked at Hall High School. Okay. But he was our point guard. And uh, the opposing team in the championship game at the boys' club uh, came up with a scheme. He was our point guard. He was the best player in, in the league. They said, hey, stand in front of him every time. They got <laughs> five, four charging calls on him. Wow. Four charging. We, uh, so our best player was out of the game, even though I had shooters <laughs> on the team. But we couldn't get the ball up the court. So, oh, so that was wow. my bad, too, for not having one player who, who was the point guard. <laughs> but that's one thing. You know, a lot of, but the people yeah. in East Little Rock who know me well, know that that's what they know me for you mm -hmm. know when they see me out coach patrick you know right. a lot of people think it's literally coach but no it's basketball baseball and track you know we had a ymca track team we had a, a guy who was from west from west of the rock sponsored the track team so mm -hmm. he's come pick up these black kids in his station wagon and take us to forest heights to, to what compete. was his name uh, uh dewey glass dewey glasscott something like that. okay he high. gotcha we used to come in the station wagon people used to tease me man we taking them black balls in the car with that, with that white guy yeah yeah but we was going to practice and stuff like mm -hmm. that but they they ended up being we ran in several uh aau track mm -hmm. uh, uh 
uh, what do you call it, or those AAU track, uh, track not tournaments, clubs. but meets. I'm meets, sorry, yeah, track meets, meets, yeah. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. That were in um, Conway, Arkansas, Fort Smith. Right. But we used to drive there and uh, uh, for those meets, and, and and some of those players were good. But again, a lot of people you know don't know that about me. And then um, I can say in the aerospace industry, you know, I, I enjoyed that work working for uh, corporate America. That's that was my beginning of learning the importance of writing, you know, proposal writing, grant, you know, working in that industry, uh, working on the B-2 bomber, working as a system analyst, always having to analyze data and then write reports about it. So mm-hmm. either I was going to learn how to do it or I was going to lose that one wonderful opportunity that I got. Yeah. That year at the age of 19, moved to Southern California to work in the aerospace industry and just once you're inside the industry and you got a, you got a defense clearance, mm-hmm. they're going to promote you because to Get somebody a defense industry clearance, particularly a top secret clearance. It costs mm-hmm. you thirty or forty thousand dollars to do research they have to do. Mm-hmm. So they would rather promote from within. And so I, I got blessed. Okay. I got promoted within the aerospace industry and left there. Started as what they call a material, a, a, a material. Uh, I forgot what they what the job expediter, material expediter. Okay. Moving parts from one lab to the other. Material yeah. expediter. Okay. Expediter. And then uh, ended up being a senior contract administrator. So I left there, you mm-hmm. know, at a very high-paying position. Uh, it was fantastic. So those two facts uh, about okay. Patrick Oliver, Coach Man. Oliver. I-, I didn't know that. We go back 15 <laughs> years plus. Man, uh, track and field, you know, that, that was one of my fortes. Baseball, I didn't do too well at that. But uh, had I had you as a coach, hey, who knows? Look out, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so tell us, Patrick, how did you come up with the name Say it loud, readers and writers. Give us the genesis behind that. You know, I'm old school. Uh, this station plays old school music, and hey, James Brown. So I came up in this, you know, late '60s, around yeah. that time, as a child. So that's what I heard uh, in my household. You know, songs that were about upliftment, and obviously James Brown song was one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. And back during that time, I remember my sisters and cousins used to go to the airport to go see. I think that was, that's what James Brown performed here some years ago. Mm-hmm. But those songs, you know were popping back in the day and, and they promoted um, empowerment so uh, and it stuck in my head even you know it, it was back in the day that that mm-hmm. song came out but um, I um, in, in, enjoyed it a, a, a lot even as it got older and older that say a lot of, and, and then, then I started studying history right. and most and I went to start going to symposiums and that song was played at those symposiums mm-hmm. so it it really became an anthem for black folks, you know, as we were going through the tough times in the 60s and 70s. Okay, definitely. Um, that's that's unique. When I, of course, you're my senior, but I, I'm a historian, so I go back, I look at old records, and I see old footage. And you're and you're right, definitely. I know you're telling the truth. Uh, you're dropping these facts on us here. For those who are just now listening, we have Patrick Oliver in the studio here at Buffalo Radio here at Arkansas Baptist College. So of course, he's dropping wisdom nuggets on us about Say It Loud, Readers and Writers, uh, the organization he founded 25 years ago. We have the silver, I believe, anniversary this year in 20 Double Deuce. So uh, we thank him for uh, dropping these jewels on us. So explain why literacy is so important to you. Mm-hmm. you know, uh, growing up uh, in East Little Rock, you know, you know the, I grew up in, you know, in, in the housing projects pretty much. You know, most of my young life was spent, you know, parts of uh, Hollingsworth Court, people may want to call it. Um, but uh, the elders in that community, mm-hmm. my parents and the neighbors and everybody, made it clear that education was, was our way out, you know. And 
everybody understand reading is the first step in terms of when we talk about education, not mm-hmm. math, but reading. Because they, right. they knew if, hey, if he can read, he gonna, he gonna get the math and all that. Mm-hmm. So those folks understood that. So we went to church, you know, went to church on Sundays. Everybody had a Sunday school teacher, and this Sunday school teacher made sure that you could read and write. Because many of our Sunday school teachers were from the elementary school. They were paraprofessionals, you know, or they were actual teachers. But we had folks who understood uh, our needs. And uh, when we talk about um, um, Sunday school, it's Sunday school. You're reading and writing. You're reading right. scriptures. You're discussing scriptures. Mm-hmm. Even though you're a little child, you're showing up there. But still, they, you know, they're going to read that scripture to you, and they're going to ask you questions about it. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, Growing up in, in that kind of environment made me understand that uh, those folks in that community put it in my head mm-hmm. that literacy and, 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 and reading was going to be my way out. You know, I, I embraced it because uh, they pointed in the direction of folks who who struggle mm-hmm. because of uh, illiteracy. But at the same time, they also showed me many of the folks where I grew up in Eastern Housing Projects came from small town Arkansas mm-hmm. because really the Eastern at the time Houston projects was kind of a move up from the suburbs okay. you know, because you leave the suburbs your next step up you come to Little Rock you know you may couldn't afford a home but the housing development the housing projects were there it was subsidized by the federal government you know because my parents they came from Cotton Plant Arkansas mm-hmm. you know so my, my mother's side of family so that, that's where we moved to we eventually moved to south, south, the south end part of town but uh, I grew up uh, in a community that said, hey, education was the way out, and they pound, they pushed that in my head. So I grew up in a community that, that uh, read uh, the newspaper. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have the Internet. So right. to keep up with things, to keep up with what Dr. King was talking about, to keep up with, you know, John S. Johnson and, and all the different things. Folks got newspaper, Ebony and Jet magazine, all those sorts of things were always uh, in our communities. Even though mm-hmm. we were a poor community, those folks made sure young people in that community read magazines and newspapers. And we had we, we had plenty of um, uh, black newspapers back in the day. We you know we had we had black newspapers right. in, in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, want to give a shout out to. Uh those Sunday school teachers, hashtag Sunday school teachers, okay? But okay? well, we're going to take our first commercial break. We'll be right back with Buffalo Radio's Keeping It 100 Redoor here on Buffalo Radio. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College Today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College Today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 
$2,500 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships. And we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. Welcome back to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio, where being real is the deal. And I want to give a shout out to the Olivier family, to, uh, of course, Mama Alma and Papa Joseph and Brother Antoine and Sister Felicia down there in South Louisiana. We, uh, our thoughts and prayers are out to you and your family. And we're still celebrating the life of Derek uh, with Dory here today. We have Patrick Oliver here in the studio, and it's great to speak to him and to pick his brain and, of course, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Say Aloud Readers and Writers. So, Patrick, we were talking about the people who made an impact with you as far as uh, making literacy one of the important things in your life, especially the last 25 years or so. And so we wanted to give a shout out to those uh, Sunday school teachers who, uh, you know, don't get a lot of credit. Seldom you hear people talk about Sunday school teachers today. But uh, I remember Dr. Crenshaw, he used to tell me always about Sunday school teachers. He used to say, I used to be a Sunday school teacher. Right. Every day he would say that to me. Right. And, and, and here it is. It still resonates uh, with me. Yeah, so again, shout out to those folks. Because they had spelling bees, and they made us read poems, you know, stuff like that. Yes. You know, that, that were in Sunday school. So it was more, you know, black, black history, you know, yes. because they, they understood, you know, some, you know, scriptures are very difficult to read and interpret. So they, you know, they try to make it fun and different. And mm-hmm. they did it, again, by bringing in magazines and newspapers outside of uh, uh, the Bible. Yes, yes. So let the Keeping It 100 Dory listeners know about next week's series of events with the Say Aloud 25th anniversary. Tell mm-hmm. us how it's going to be broken down. It, it's, it's, it's a serious event. I'm calling it a, a literary gathering, you know, okay. because that's what it literary is. Gallery. It, it's, it's a gathering, you know, of, uh, of voices, of just some brilliant uh, minds. Uh, in my press release, I said we're starting it off with a New York Times best-selling uh, author who is going to be uh, promoting Black Boy Joy and we're ending it with uh, a keynote speaking about former Say Loud member Simone Milton uh, uh, with theming Saturday, uh, which is the last day, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, celebrating uh, the voices of uh, black girls and women mm-hmm. in the arts and STEM. Awesome. So, so that Saturday, we're focusing, just listening and hearing from women. Yes. Well, when you said STEM, and last week we had, it was an ensemble of different businesses out here last week and uh, we gave a shout out earlier to them so that's kind of going to feed off the energy we had from 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 last week uh we're going to take that to uh to the event that you're talking about now our topic is literacy arts as intervention and prevention to violent crimes incarceration and even homicides now how are these social ills heavily connected to the reading levels of black males it's, it's, it's a very uh troubling and um 
disturbing uh, fact when we think about the, the, the number of black boys that we're seeing um, being uh, involved in, in crime, whether mm-hmm. they're soft crime, whether they're violent crimes, whatever, it, mm-hmm. it, it's very uh, unfortunate and, and, and disturbing. Um, and a lot of it you know, starts with, you know, from home and, right. and, and community. Right. You know, we have to be understand that, you know, because if we think about um, what's happening in, in communities uh, today with respect to uh, crime, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable, not just in Little Rock, Arkansas, but around the country. We're seeing a, a lot of violent uh, crimes occurring. Uh, much of the recent crime, a lot of people say, can be attributed to you know the pandemic people mm-hmm. locked up you know locked up for a long period of time right. you know and now the frustration is, is coming out and uh without any kind of mental uh, health prof- uh, professional help right. uh, for people but when we're particularly talking about young boys young black boys um i've been on the case because while i was working in los angeles i uh, was asked to vol- do some volunteer work in the community and that's when i first found out it what our boys were in terms of uh, literacy mm-hmm. and how that could and did in some cases show how uh, it could be very disturbing if our boys are not able to participate in the classroom. They act out because mm-hmm. they can't read, they can't participate in the activities mm-hmm. in, in, in their particular class. So again, they act up and, and they show out and oftentimes when they act up and show out to get sent to the principal's office, they already get sent home, or, you know, they get, you know, and how long is that suspension? And if that suspension is long, the kid gets further and further uh, behind. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of data to, uh, to show uh, the high number of black and brown boys that are suspended consistently right, right. Uh, uh, because of, of, of their behavior and their frustration with learning. Uh, this is a challenge to our community and to our parents. Uh, we must become uh, the child's first learning center, mm-hmm. you know, um, a first uh, 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 people to, to share with young people the, the understanding of reading and writing to, to help young people understand I'm not asking you to learn how to read and write for school purposes right I'm asking right. you to, school, to read and write so you can survive out here exactly you know and we're not doing that on a consistent basis and we're not hammering it home we got we got to hammer it home to let young people know that school is not for the purpose of you getting a grade it is but to prepare you for the future. A lot of people say school does not prepare me for the future, blah, 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 you know, excuse my language, but they're damn lie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, when I, the stuff I learned in middle school, elementary school, high school, I use it to this day. Right. You know, I, I took industrial arts, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in school. I mean, I made a napkin hold. I made a, a, a bookshelf, mm-hmm. you know, Home you know, I'll, I'll, you know, these type of things. Mm-hmm. Kids, I'm not getting that today. I took home economics. Yes. So, and you see the food I post all the time on <laughs> yes. on, uh, yes. on, on, on on social media. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of that was mm-hmm. nurtured. You know, yep. black man taking a home economics class. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, mm-hmm. no home economics. Right. And, and nutrition and food and all that stuff is extremely important. And it's in terms of uh, how our behavior in our children, because home economics. Has the food pyramid? It shows mm-hmm. you what you should be eating. Exactly. You know that sort of thing. So if we're talking when we talk about literacy, literary arts. You know, we, we're talking about a, a nurturing process. And you know, literacy is a nurturing process for life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in terms of uh, empowering you for life. Mm-hmm. So, and I really wish people quit pointing at public school education. Says does not work. I mean, some of my 
top mentors in the world. If I just look at my father, I'm, he's 91, I'm sitting in his house right now. Mm-hmm. He's, he's well-schooled on iPads, computers. He still drives to this day. Right. He pays all his bills online. Right. That's because he's highly literate. He reads a newspaper every single day, either online or he gets a Sunday paper delivered him. But he's reading every day. He's, he's working out that muscle. <laughs> working that muscle. Yeah. You know, so if you're not doing that, you're not competing. But all of the people who are my mentors, they went to public schools. They didn't go to private schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and we're talking about people like Hakeem Adabuti, Sterling Plump. I mean, you know, Kevin Powell, who's, who's my friend, Dr. Randall Horton. Mm-hmm. All these folks went to a public schools. Yes, public schools are different, but at the same time, we have to demand something from public schools uh, of our children, demand that they give our kids what they need in order to succeed. Mm-hmm. And that is just basic reading and writing, you know. Everybody's excited about technology, and I'm, I'm, I'm big on technology because I work in the aerospace industry. Right. But at the same time, we got to back it up a little bit and teach right. kids just the basic, the basics, Excellent reading basics. and writing. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, they can play with these toys. I mean, these are number, you know, for a lot of kids, right. the, 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 the tablets, the uh, iPads, and some of the technology, they're just toys. They're just playing with it. But they're not learning what they need to learn. Again, and it creates a social deficit when they have no people skills. No people a skills. A lot of them have deficits there because they always have their heads down. Say it again, you brother. Know. Yeah, say it again, most certainly. And that, mm-hmm. that's what's happening with a lot of our children. That's, people ask me, how come I continue to work in these schools? You can't address a child's issue if you're not there in the school seeing what's really happening. Right. So I go, you know, I go into elementary schools and I watch these kids. They're brilliant. I mean, they can, you know, for, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not impressed because these kids can utilize. Um, a tablet or iPad, I mean, that doesn't impress me because exactly. that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. You know, but mm-hmm. how? But are we teaching them to the, 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 the sophistication of that technology for survival and and to improve the communities in which they live? And I, you know, a lot of it is not happening. You know, so again, I say let's go back to family and community, and and let's get the basic skills down here so our kids basic. would not be out here. Uh, unable to read and write, you know, because it's, it's a, again, it's a shame. Uh, I worked at Hall High 2018, mm-hmm. 2019. I remember that, yep. And uh, these kids graduate from Hall High School, can't write a paragraph, brother, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden they're out here in the community looking for opportunities, exactly. you know. They've given them a degree, so these kids are like, wait a minute, I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking they're ready. You know, but then they go fill out the application or get assignments uh, for basic jobs to even work at a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. Many of them can't read the instructions. You know that they're supposed to they're supposed to uh, uh, follow with their following their job descriptions. So now we have a, a high level of frustration. Mm-hmm. These young brothers are you know just um, just out here now. You yeah. know, out here functionally illiterate. Mm-hmm. Func- they are functioning in society, but they are illiterate and and they can't do the necessary things in order to help them. 18, 19, 20, 20, 23-year-old boys. I, I see them all the time, mm-hmm. you know. I had a student. I'm not going to call his name out. I love him. You know, this was maybe 14 years ago, my second year here. And uh, I gave him a paragraph to read, and it took him about three or four minutes to read, like, three sentences. Nice young man. He knew how to play ball. He, was, he had people skills in terms of just communicating like this. Right. But when it came down to reading an Arkansas Democrat Gazette, that shook my foundation for a minute. I said, hold on, I'm at a college here. Who had him in high school? Somebody dropped the ball before he got here. How did he end up in my 300-level history class? 
This is not a one-on-one. This is not a developmental class. This is a U.S. history class. You're supposed to know something before you come to my desk. And so um, he's been passed through. And so, uh, you know, but that kind of resonates with what you said about, you know, some of these guys. Not all of them, but, you know, too many of them are uh, functionally illiterate. They're not dumb, so this no. is, you know, but functionally uh, illiterate. So that has a point that we have to talk, a whole other show uh, about that. And so definitely, okay. So what are two solutions to mitigate violence amongst black males uh, from a literary consultant standpoint? Mm-hmm. You know, again, books are important, and we must put stories, narratives. Mm-hmm. We've got to change, like I say, change the narrative in terms mm-hmm. of what we're reading about ourselves. Okay. You know, when we embrace each other and see each other, you know, you know, we need to understand that you, when you walk and see another brother you're about to walk into, you're walking into somebody who has a history, whose history starts in, a, in the most wonderful place in the world, uh, that God gave the world, and that's mm-hmm. Mother Africa. You know, mm-hmm. Egypt, uh, if you look at the pyramids, the great pyramids, engineers, you know, mm-hmm. who built all those, you know, uh, uh, pyramids that are there, mm-hmm. water systems, you know, that were there. We're talking to three, four, three thousand years ago. Right. You know, then we, th- we think, then we uh, think about what is in Africa? Why is everybody trying to go to Africa and steal everything? It's China and everybody's Africa. Yeah, got right. Diamonds mm-hmm. there. Resources. You got all the natural resources. Mm-hmm. And your DNA comes from that. So, you know, you are a walking genius. Yes, yes. You know, so we got to quit looking. At, when, we see, when brothers see each other, you, you, you're looking at a black king. You're looking at royalty. And we got to quit looking at each other like, you know, dog, nigga, all this. No. You're looking at uh, royalty. So right. one, we have to put book, we have to put information in, in front of black boys and men to remind them this is who we this are. This are. is this mm-hmm. is our existence. This is our story. We 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 not, we not none of that. You know, people look at me when I walk into rooms, chest out, head up, strong. You know, but that's that's who I represent. You know, mm-hmm. when I, when I come to the when I come to the house, when I come to the room, you know, I'm royalty, and I, and I recognize that. So you can you know so you, you know. Dude, you tripping? You got the big head? No, I don't. Right. You know, I mean, that's confident, my DNA. Not confident. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. my DNA. That's who I am. And secondly, it, everybody got to get involved in, in this process because yes. it's extremely important. It's got to be a full court press when we're talking about development of, of black men. We got to look at it like it's a cancer. How do you treat cancer? You treat cancer with the best treatment, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the, the most expensive treatment. Mm-hmm. That's, that what has, that's what has to be done. It cannot be, uh, well, we're going to invest $50,000 $50, for this kind of problem. Mm-hmm. We need to be investing millions and millions of dollars in our community to address the socioeconomic disparities that have existed over the years to help bring young brothers uh, together. And this monies I'm talking about should be used for rights of passages program for young black boys. David was earlier was sharing here about our time at the uh, Black Male Development Symposium right. in Philadelphia. You know what? That's what needs to happen in in cities all over the United States. You know, just gatherings. Even if the gatherings are small, a church right. can have a symposium. You know, but we got to come together as uh, black men and just talk about, hey, what's, what's, what's happening with you? How you doing, brother? Mm-hmm. You know, you struggling with something? You know, and we got to always have a way for young brothers to reach out and understand that it's okay to hurt. It's okay to be, be behind in school. But the, what we want you to do is be humble enough to say, hey, I need help. Right. I can't do this by myself. Right. Give, somebody give me some help. And the thing is, 
I tell the young people all the time, every school you go to, every church you go to, you ask for it, they will give it to you. Mm-hmm. They will give it to you, you right. know. Um, and high schools got all the technology there is for young brothers, for tutors, all of it. That's why I tell young brothers all the time, nobody, nobody has any business failing right now. Nope. Brother, nope. these are, these cell Smart phones. Smart devices. <laughs> super right. computers. You walk right. around with a super yep. computer. Information with, was it nanoseconds? Mm-hmm. You just put something in and just search, and mm-hmm. you got everything you need with the nanoseconds. So they have access to technology, so we have to teach them how to utilize it for, for their gains. Because, brother, if I had this when I was coming up, I'd know i I'd, I'd be, I'd been balling out. I'd been an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even have time <laughs> for no uh, uh, TikTok and all that stuff. You know, I would check it, I mean, to promote my business. Exactly, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just hours, just looking at videos and stuff, no, I'm producing my own stuff and putting it out there. Yeah. And so that's, but, so that's where we have to get our young people to understand you know, they had a, they had a wonderful time. Yeah, yeah. And we're looking at geniuses. Man, they don't figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. So these young brothers and sisters are brilliant coming up nowadays. I'm talking about crazy brilliant. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to take another commercial break and we'll be right back with Keeping It 100 with Dory. Alumni, parents, and students, be sure to listen every Monday night at 6 p.m. to Arkansas Baptist College today. Every week, we'll discuss Arkansas Baptist College and the campus activities. Guests will include faculty, staff, students, and we'll even throw in a community leader or two. Be the first to know what's happening on and around the campus of Arkansas Baptist College by listening to Arkansas Baptist College today. That's every Monday at 6 p.m. on Buffalo Radio. The smart, affordable choice when choosing a college is as simple as ABC. Arkansas Baptist College is among the most affordable colleges in the state of Arkansas. We'll work with you to create the optimal financial package and consider you for a variety of institutional scholarships. When you apply, you'll receive automatic considerations for merit scholarships, which are renewable up to four years and based on your GPA. First-time freshmen are also eligible for a 20 annual reward. In addition to scholarships for academic merit, we offer athletic scholarships, and we can't forget about scholarships for band and choir. Our financial aid team can help you through the process of compiling scholarships, grants, loans, and work study. We here at Arkansas Baptist College believe college should be accessible to everyone. For more information, call 501-420-1234. Arkansas Baptist College. We'll see you on campus. Are you tired of the violence that is racking your community? Are you wishing someone would do something about it? The Derek Olivier Research Institute, based on the Arkansas Baptist College campus, is doing just that. Join Edmund Davis every Thursday at 6 p.m. as he and his special guests discuss viable solutions for stopping the violence in our communities. That's Keeping It 100 with Dory every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. Welcome back to Keeping It 100 with Dory on Buffalo Radio. We're being real as the deal. We have in the studio, folks, one of my mentors, uh, Patrick Oliver. He's known throughout the country, not just here. He has his roots here in uh, Little Rock, but, of course, uh, he's 
I've been at several uh, other areas of the country promoting literacy, promoting uh, good deeds, uh, moving forward. But uh, Patrick, we have a couple of students here at Arkansas Baptist College, and for those who are just not listening, this is the only school in the country out of 5,276 schools that's a co-ed school that has a population of over 70% African-American males. No other school that's co-ed in the country has this many per capita, okay, concentration of black males in higher education. So that's the unique demographic we're dealing with here at ABC. And so I wanna bring up one of my uh, students right here that has a question for you, Mr. Oliver. What's up, young brother? How you doing, Mr. Good. Oliver? I wanna thank you for visiting uh, ABC and keeping it on hazard. My name is Jakar Mosley. I'm from Gainesville, Florida. Lord in the house. <laughs> and I was, uh, I heard you talking about uh, like black males and the literacy. And I wanted to like ask like, what do you think like that like roots from like how do you think like that come about? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's, there's a number of things. Historically, people knew if black people read how we would all of a sudden. Uh, control our own destiny. So um, it was illegal for black people to read in the 50s, 40s and 50s, you know, just, you know, and in some cases, um, uh, they say it's not illegal for us to read, but they, they create barriers where, we, where we, they don't want us to read. But that's one, that's one of the things people never did want us to, uh, to read because they knew once we read uh, that uh, some of the things that were going to happen, we were going to get smarter, better, we will c- control our own uh, destiny. So that's why it was illegal for us to read, because they knew when we came from the motherland, we didn't come here as, going to quote, slave. They came and got us so we can work and build this country. So we built railroad systems and all that. So they know how smart we are. We're naturally gifted, you know, not just in, you know, uh, athletics, you know, because they have peripheral vision on the basketball court and on the football field. That, that, that's a gift. That's, that's, that's brains, too. So, um, so keeping us from reading, keeping us from writing, it keeps uh, uh, us down. So uh, I just always encourage young brothers to read something uh, every day. Try to, you know, find a book, read something uh, every day so you can be part of the process that uh, beats the quote-unquote uh, uh, system and we, we start winning. You know, it's one of my favorite words. You know, we winning, y'all. You know, there are some bad things that happen in our community, but at the same time, when I look at young brothers like yourself from Gainesville, Florida, and came to Little Rock, Arkansas to go to college, we winning. You know, we, we winning big time, you know. So, hey, um, yes, there are some challenges, but, hey, let's keep winning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Okay, Patrick, I got another student right here. I believe it's from the NYC up in the house. So, again, we, house. Got, we got national flavor here. Come on, bring two steps to the mic. How you doing, Mr. Oliver? I'm good, brother. Uh, first, I want to say thank you for coming to ABC. And I wanted to ask, reading is one thing that's talked about a lot. But, you know, like for my generation, it ain't really appreciated. I want to know which one of the things you think my generation could do to start changing their perception on things like reading. So, you know, they're not looked at as squares, you know? Like right. the dudes who's lost and insecure don't feel like they got to head in the opposite direction, you know? Yeah. How do we make reading the default? Right, right. Now, I, I love it. both of y'all questions. It's really just speak up. Just to hear both of you, brother, I, I, you can tell that both of you are, are on a college campus, you know, and we got to start, brothers got to start just talking more, you know, as y'all in public, you know? Just talk more so people can hear you. No answer is a bad answer. No suggestion is a bad suggestion. So if we engage in, in conversations with each other, talk more to each other, th- th- that's, that's part of the uh, key. 
it, it is hard, man. You know, when we, we live in a world today where people like Jay-Z and, and, and Nas and some of the young, uh, uh, some other rappers that y'all listen to, they'll push for what they wear and all that stuff. But if we keep pushing brothers like yourself, um, going to college, you're on college campus, keep looking for that, keep pushing that. And, you know, we'll see some changes uh, in the world. But if we put smart is the new thing now, because think about it. When you go on these college campuses, college campuses, this one is an exception. But most college campuses, it's 70% women on college campus. So just imagine if you were to leave here, go work on your master's, go to another campus, all the sisters going to be coming at you like crazy because they see the brother, you know, who's smart, you don't made it to a college campus. Oh no, we gotta holler at you, and it'll be absolutely, it'll be uns, it'll be insane. So we gotta push that, you know, just tell the brother, hey, you wanna get married, you wanna be stable, go to college, you know, and it'll cut out, it'll shut all that down, you know, because uh, it, it's a beautiful thing to be um, on a college campus. And you say you from NYC, you from Florida. Sometimes it's good to go to small places like Arkansas, where you can just be still, just take a break, man, you know. I don't know, living in NYC is wild, yeah. you know, it's wild. So this is probably a nice little break for you in, in some ways, you know. It may not be the subways, it may not be the restaurants and all that stuff in New York City, but sometimes it's, it's nice to have a slower pace. You know? There's so, not a lot of time to reflect out there in New York. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah. See, you know, the, you know the deal, so, you know, tell your, your partners and friends, hey, I'm good. You know, because they're going to try to make do some comparison. They're going to try to hate on you. Maybe you're in a country town, blah, why you down there, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like you just said, brother, I'm reflecting. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to run it, you know. Just let them know, you know, you, you're, about to, uh, you're about to change the world. You know, you're about to be the next innovator, you know. What's your major? Uh, business administration. Business administration. So you're about to be the next uh, entrepreneur. You're about to, you know, next Byron Allen or what's the brother named Robert Johnson? No, no the, the, the Robert Smith, is, I think, is the, the billionaire, yeah. So you next in you you next in uh, line, brother. Cause we need more uh, entrepreneurs. Cause that's what we're doing now. You know, David, Ed, we, we have entrepreneurship uh, ventures that, that we are uh, we actually dealing with on, on a daily basis. Okay. Um, is there any way that um, the listeners from Ki One Hundred Dory and Little Rock could reach out to you? Definitely. Uh, they can reach out. My uh, email address is info at speakloudly.com. That's info at speakloudly.com. Those who want to call me, 501-952-6169. That line is it's always open. But at speakloudly.com. So all I got to do is go to Speak Loudly. And uh, they'll see all my stuff there, how to reach me, how to contact me. I'm on social, kind of active on social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that. I'm on it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having them brothers here, man, because, you know, it's always promising, man, you know, mm -hmm. to have brothers, you know, who are here on campus doing it. Yes. Yeah, we got those Buffalo Scholars. Shout out to ABC students. Uh, you know, we got some work in progress with them. But getting back to what he said also, uh, Patrick, so, of course, for people to reach out to you, we get information out. For people to come out to support the 25th anniversary of Sail Out, uh, what directions would you give to the listeners right now, whether they're in Memphis, whether they're in Jonesboro, New Iberia, Louisiana, we have a lot of listeners out there. Also in Cali, uh, it's hard-pressed to say they won't come out here, but just, in, just to put it out there, how would they be able to um, come to this event? 
Yeah, tomorrow, um, they can go to uh, tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. We're doing a website lunch. It's going to have all the activities listed tomorrow at 10 a.m. Because uh, some of the activities we're going to are virtual activities. So okay. yeah, virtual, so like okay. yep. So our first event, which is Wednesday the 20th, like I said, Derek Barnes, New York right. Times best-selling author. It's, it's a virtual event. He's doing a conversation with brothers about his story, you know, and he also will give them a, a, a writing activity. But Derek is the hottest uh, black male author that's, that's out there right now, single mother. Uh, but he's the first black man to uh, to be a greeting card writer for a Hallmark's greeting card. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep, man. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome, definitely. Uh, and I was thinking that we have people here from ABC that's actually listening as well. So we want them to know that uh, they can come out and support this event. Yep. And yeah. we have an event at the library on Thursday. Okay. At the Sioux Calhoun Library. We, Sioux Calhoun. We, we, we have a book, a little book, a small book fair, but we're going to mm-hmm. have some fun over at the uh, library and speakers. And then uh, Saturday, we're going to be at the Mosaic Templars Cultural Center. So people can come there, discussion on hip-hop music, gotcha. discussion around, I mean, all sorts of, you know, mm-hmm. fun things we're going to have there from one o'clock to, to three o'clock. Live music, DJ, all that. Live music, guys, DJ. So again, Sue Cow in the library is just two and a half blocks away. It's not. It's right around the corner. Yep. So y'all we don't have live, to... We'll have live music there too. Mm-hmm. Jose, live music. Jose Holloway, one of my former uh, students, mm-hmm. he's now the band director at Southwest uh, High School. Okay. okay. And so he'll be there doing some live music for us on, on, on Thursday of next week. Okay, so y'all don't have to stay on campus, man. And y'all know the man himself. So y'all had a chance Come on to through. interview him. Come on through. Meet people, build bridges, network. Volunteer if y'all want to. Volunteer as, as a resume builder. And, of, of course, that's something that I would do. Uh, if we would change positions, I would definitely, uh, you know, volunteer. Okay, a lot of times. And this is just a plug-in, folks. A lot of times, uh, you know, you have that job interview. They see your resume, and they don't see volunteerism on there. That could be problematic when you don't volunteer enough. So, again, they don't know what you get paid to do, but what do you do in your free time? How do you get back to the community? You know, so, again, that's one way that you can get back. It's all good when you get back, okay? So uh, kind of closing out, Patrick, give us some closing remarks that you want to say to people who are listening here in Little Rock, here uh, in North Little Rock in Central Arkansas, who know all about your books, who all know about your work, who know about your resume, and who just know you personally. What do you have to say to them? Yeah. Um, um, I'm just going to say we're winning, and we're winning on a new level. You know, folks need to understand that, yes, we see stuff happening around our community, the, the violence and things like that. But at the same time, we went in. Example, these two young brothers, you know, in here mm-hmm. on the campus of 7% Black, went in the middle, in the heart uh, of the city. Uh, who, who knew that we would have an HBCU uh, that has grown tremendously, now has a radio station. So mm-hmm. we really need people to start thinking about how are we winning. And for folks in our community who have uh, challenges, Seek and, and uh, ask for help because, you know, there's plenty of help here. And they're always uh, uh, announcing it. Hey, if you need help with rent, need help with light bill, gas bill, food, mm-hmm. water, it's out here. It's free. But do not be afraid uh, to ask for it. Look, brother, when the pandemic hit, I was in Dallas, Texas. I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I ran to a sister and kind of found out she was running a community garden project. Mm-hmm. She used to leave a box of organic vegetables on my porch once a week. 
So that's money I, I saved. But she was <laughs> head of a, a garden project. You know, she wow. knew I, I love to cook and I love good food. Yes. But just small things like that to say, again, we are winning. Everybody just keep that winning attitude. Walk away from uh, ignorance and uh, stupidity. Uh, uh, speaking of stupidity, and very quickly, it, three mm-hmm. brothers two weeks ago in the river market snatched uh, a woman's purse, did some damage to her. Mm-hmm. Th- th- three black men, all of them tw- the age of 29, mm-hmm. 29 years, you, you snatching a purse. Right. Now, who you know is carrying any kind of money in the purse nowadays? Right. You know, it's three mm-hmm. of y'all. One of y'all got to have some kind of common sense. You're 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to have some common sense. Somebody mm-hmm. got to say, hey, man, don't, don't do that. And like I said, if, if you snatch somebody's purse, what is three 29-year-old dudes going to do from the content of what? Purse that probably had hundred dollars in it, or something mm-hmm. like that, or a credit card they probably couldn't use or get busted if they use right. it. So it's like, if you got a network of friends and they're about to do something stupid, somebody somebody got to step up and say, mm-hmm. let's not do that. Those are the kind of friends that, that you you want to be uh, be around. Mm-hmm. That's why we started this 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 TLC project, tennis literacy and chess, because chess make you think critically. Tennis make you know, you know it's movement. You know we need exercise in our community. Exercise more. Right. Literacy, obviously, we, that's what we're talking a, a, about uh, today. But we need to think critically, think about every move that that we make uh, in life. So everybody, this, you know, think about playing chess. And again, we have a Saturday chess program. I would love for you brothers to come and volunteer because these are middle school students yes. that we're going to be working with in two weeks. But it's a Saturday academy that we are running so we can engage young people in Again, uh, some TLC, which is tennis, literacy, and, and uh, chess. And uh, we had three locations, you know, for this project. Dunbar Community Center, uh, Sweet Home, and, and uh, Hangar Hill, that we are engaging middle school uh, boys and girls mm-hmm. uh, in these three activities. That are absolutely, fr- it's going to be free. Tennis, literacy, and chess. Now, of course, literacy, I'm big on tennis. I haven't played before, but, hey, I'm open to new things to help my body and my mind out. And of course, chess, we all know that's the mic drop right there. So not challenge either one of you guys, not, not, <laughs> not checkers, but chess. So, so definitely, uh, hopefully and prayerfully, we can get y'all to come on out there and just you know, be present and to uh, be that inspiration for a lot of those guys that are younger than you. They see y'all like, wow, you in college? You know, where you from, New York, yep. Florida? Man, it makes for a, real? Yeah, it, it, makes a, it, it makes a difference, young brother. Yep. And then if y'all show up, hey, sometime, you know, we'll, we'll give you stipends, you know, pay you a little something mm-hmm. to, to, to come. We ain't actually come over there for free, you know, we ain't like that. Yeah. You know, so if you come and volunteer, you know, it won't be payment, but it'll be a stipend. It'll be, you know, we'll pay you something. Um, but, uh, and again, the, like Ed was saying, uh, your resume gets uh, stuffed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can say you volunteer with a pro- project that was funded by Pulaski County. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's good. So definitely, Patrick, man, we love you, man. We appreciate you and what you're doing and what you're worth and uh, how you influence, how you blaze trails, and I can go on and on and on. But to the listeners, stay tuned for our next broadcast and our next guest as we are on every Thursday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time here at ABC's Buffalo Radio. We're keeping them 100 Dory. We're being real as the deal. I am Ed Davis, your host, who doesn't boast. Now it's time to get ghosts. God bless. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Keeping It 100 with Dory, the show designed to create positive attitudes and come up with solutions to stop the violence in the community. Join us every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. right here on Buffalo Radio. We'll see you next week.